The Kings have now won four of their last five games as they take down the Toronto Raptors 135-130 and have successfully, for the most part, salvaged this road trip. I mean, homestand after a horrible start. Losing against the Charlotte Hornets, we lost against the worst team that we've played in, you know, classic Kings fashion. But we moved to 2-1 and one on the homestand, and we play the final game of the homestand on Sunday against the Pelicans. And now, this game was definitely closer than I would have wanted. Closer than I would have wanted when you look at how things were going by the half. Now, this Raptors team is a solid team. They got some really good players, and with that trade they just made with the Knicks, maybe a more well-rounded team. They definitely miss OG Ananobi, but Quickly and Barrett do add to their team. And coming into this game, you know, I wouldn't have been mad at a close win by any means. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me if the Raptors kept it close. Unlike, say, against the Hornets, if that was even, you know, if it was a win, but if it was close, I still would have been like, yeah, that was a bad game. But in this one, the Raptors have enough talent where I definitely wouldn't be mad at a close win, but it's just the way the second half went definitely leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. But a win's a win, especially, you know, regular season. You just got to stack up the wins. And so let, let's start not even in the first half. Let's start pregame because there was a there were some rumors flying around uh, regarding Pascal Siakam starting this morning about Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell being available for trade. Kings being one of the front runners to trade for Pascal Siakam. Obviously, the Kings playing the Raptors, the start of trade season has begun and it began with that OG Ananobi trade and so the rumors are flying and so there's about a two-hour window of the Kings being the front runner for Pascal Siakam to the point where then it got reported really close to game time that no now the Kings are are out on Pascal at least for now. It was fun while it lasted and I think at the end of the day it's probably the Raptors kind of leaking information saying we would love to do a deal with the Kings if they include Keegan Murray, would be my guess. And then the Kings call up, say, hey, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And so I think it probably ends there. And, you know, we got our deal of Barnes, Herder, Davion, some picks. We got that out there. And if you don't find anything better by the trade deadline, get back to us. We'll take Siakam off your hands. And I would be very happy. I think Siakam fits really well on this Kings team. But that's all. That's all I'll say about that situation. So now getting into the actual game, the Kings were able to get a 20-point lead by halftime. And the main reason for that was just DeMontis Sabonis being an absolute beast. And he has been an absolute beast for a very long stretch here of him just dominating, getting triple-double after triple-double. And we've definitely grown accustomed to it a bit and maybe take it for granted a bit and I don't talk about him maybe as much as I should but I felt like in this game he was truly the difference especially in that first half the difference of why the Kings have the lead and maybe that's not a great way of saying it but like in other games I don't feel like he he's the difference all the time like he if we didn't have him of course we would lose way more games but what I mean by that is more like in this game, he truly controlled the swing stats 
for the past few games, he has just been so dominant rebounding the basketball, and that continued here. He had 15 rebounds with four offensive rebounds, and he created even more possessions than that, and the Kings were just winning the possession battle. They had 13 more shots than the Raptors. The Raptors had a lot more free throws. We'll definitely get into that. But I thought at the start of this game, both teams looked a little off, and the Kings weren't finishing around the rim, and they just looked a little sloppy offensively. Raptors the same, missing some easier shots and looking a little sloppy. Both teams just didn't look super precise. And so the way that the Kings were able to build a lead was through cleaning up those mistakes on the glass and putting them back and winning the second chance points battle. The Raptors don't have the biggest guys. Like they have a lot of big wings, but not big men. They have Jakob Pertl, and that's pretty much it. Coming off the bench, they don't really have another center, true center. They have Jonte Porter, Chris Boucher, but neither of those guys can check Sabonis, and Pertl barely can. And that inside pressure led to a lot of open shots, and the Kings were knocking him down. Barnes with five threes. He went five for eight. Keegan Murray, four for four from three. Trey Lyles, four for five. Uh, Lyles eventually went out with a, an ankle sprain or, or a, he twisted his ankle and he twisted his own ankle there was no one around him so that was that was tough but he continued his hot shooting and the kings were just shooting way better from the three-point line than the free throw line they started the game 0-3 in the first half I think they were three for seven from the free throw line so it continues to be the case of the kings not maybe not getting to the foul line as much as they want but maybe that's a good thing because they can't hit them anyways. They went 10 for 15 on the night. Keegan Murray was the guy who missed the first two. It's like even our best shooters can't make free throws. Malik Monk took a technical free throw and missed it. And that definitely doesn't help in, in putting games away, especially late. But other than, other than the free throw shooting, it was a, a great first half. The Raptors are definitely a team that want to get out and run with the personnel they have. And the the transition defense and semi-transition defense was not great. I didn't think they looked very aware. or There wasn't a great sense of urgency to match up well in transition. So the Raptors did take advantage of that. But the Kings were able to counter and, and push it right back the other way. And so it was just a, a super fast-paced game, especially in the second quarter. It just was up and down, and sometimes it's funny the way the Kings can go on runs. They go on runs by kind of allowing the other team to get into transition, but then just contesting enough at the rim to make them miss, and then pushing it right back down the other way and hitting threes. And it's just almost baiting them in to trying to finish at the rim and then they the other team you know misses and then we go down and hit threes it's something that's happened a lot this season and it's it's not the funnest thing to watch for me because it's not good defense it's not good transition defense but they do just enough to force a miss and now in the second half that very much backfired but it did allow them to go in on a run in the second quarter I thought offensively the Kings were taking all the right shots. Fox was getting to the rim and was taking some tougher shots, but there are shots that you expect 
him to make at a at a solid percentage. He's a really good finisher, but he just wasn't making them. He started 0 for 4, but I didn't think there were any rushed shots or bad shots. It was very much within the flow of the offense, and then when the shot clock was winding down, you just try to get the best outside outside shot you can get at that point. Instead of taking those outside shots early, you try to get something within the offense, and then if it's not there, then you take those outside shots, and the Kings did that really well. Davion even came in and hit a three, and JaVale continued to get minutes, and I thought he was solid, providing good verticality in the pick and roll game, as well as dishing off a nice pass where the roles were kind of reversed between him and Monk, which was a a fun moment. And every single player on the Kings who played got an assist in this game. That's a cool stat. They ended with 35 assists on the night. And then Fox kind of got it going in that second quarter with the catch and shoot three, which are the ones that I like him shooting the most, especially when he's a bit off to get him going. The Raptors definitely punished the Kings' smaller lineups a bit. There's a point where you had Monk getting matched up on R.J. Barrett, and Barrett could definitely take advantage of that. Just the times where both Keegan and Chris Duarte were off the floor, those were the times where the Kings struggled a bit defensively, or at least struggled the most defensively when Herter and Monk and Davion those smaller guys would be in there but like I said Fox kind of got it going with that catch and shoot three then he started to kind of dictate things a little more and was getting Scotty Barnes to fall for all his fakes and was using his pump fake really well using his change of speed and he really got into it in the second quarter there were definitely some odd moments though offensively and I think the weirdest part was just Davion Mitchell taking so many shots and dribbling so much he ended three for eight one for four from three and he had seven points two assists and the thing is like his decision making offensively wasn't terrible but it's just the fact that he can't make shots and the reason he's getting like there there is a reason he is getting all these shots the other team wants him shooting and that's the problem They're able to just throw bodies at Monk and Sabonis and Davion either has to take the the corner three or the top of the arc three and he's just not a great shooter or he has to come inside the arc and try to create something there, which he did a, a, a solid job of in this game, but he does just drain the offense a little bit because he just gets completely left open at this point. Teams do not respect him at all. But then we got to talk about Keegan Murray in that second quarter because he caught fire. He only took four three-point attempts on the game. And and him being, a, he was a little too passive for my liking in the second half. But in, in that second quarter, he saw his shots going down. And the one that I loved the most was that dribble that he, he took the ball, got the rebound, dribbled it up the court, and just pulled and that's the confidence I love to see. His rebounding was so important in this game. He ended with the game with 12, and his rebounding lately has been really good. And after that pull-up three, he had a moment where he drove into the lane and turned it over. But those are the moments that I will live with, with him trying to create, because he is a solid creator, especially getting to that mid-range. And I don't think we saw enough of that in the second half from him. It feels like he misses one shot 
and then he's like it's not that he loses confidence but he's just like okay now it's other guys' turn it's like no you are insanely talented and way more talented scoring the ball than most of the guys on this roster you should keep creating and when he is creating for himself it it usually is pretty successful he tried to dunk it on Jakob Pertl that didn't go well when he was going baseline Pertl had way too good of a position for Murray to try to dunk on him but you know I, I appreciate the attempt at least but then another thing I loved in that second quarter was you know all the Kings hitting shots Lyles Keegan Barnes everyone's hot right and then things get a little you know it's super fast paced super chaotic both teams turn the ball over you know Raptors throw it out of bounds and so there's 37 I think seconds left and that's when Fox is like okay you know, I've been I've been kind of quiet here. He had seven points at that point, and he just said, "This is I'm gonna call my own number here," and he did that. Went straight in, drew an and one by himself, and I thought it was the perfect play because it was in that moment of a lot of the Kings shooters being hot, so the Raptors defenders can't cheat off, but then also it getting a little too chaotic, so Fox calmed things down and made sure that we kept the momentum. And Keegan was attracting so much attention that it allowed other guys to get open shots. So at that point, it's a 20 point lead going into halftime, we're feeling good. And then in the second half, it kind of fell apart. It didn't fall apart immediately, but I've talked about the Kings not having that killer instinct so many times. And I get that you're not always gonna totally put a team away but it felt like they totally had an opportunity to put the Raptors away. Because the Raps come out, okay, they hit a three, but then the Kings start knocking down, you know, HB hits a three. Keegan had a bad turnover on the perimeter, and those are the types of things that sometimes he just needs to take it himself. Like he was, he picked up his dribble and then was trying to force it into Fox when I think it was Siakam or someone was denying the ball. And those are the moments where I just want him to, take it himself but that was not the only king's mistake then sabonis had that bad turnover but fox was keeping it kind of even taking over he was holding his shoulder which didn't look great but he was doing his thing to kind of keep it at a, a 20 point lead i think we got it up to 23 at one point duarte knocking down two threes keegan had a nice steal but then fox went out and that's when things went downhill a bit. Like the defense already wasn't good at the start of the half, but the Kings offense was going, so it didn't really matter. And of course it matters because it means they couldn't extend a, a huge lead, but I wasn't too mad at it at that point. But then the transition defense just got absolutely horrendous. And it, it also led from the offense because the Kings turned the ball over and they also took bad shots. And a lot of times on those bad shots, that means, well, one, you're missing the shot. So it allows the other team to get out in transition. But it's also weirder rebounds and a lot of times longer rebounds, which leads to transition opportunities. And I thought there were kind of two guys who were the culprits of why our offense went downhill. Like Malik Monk wasn't shooting all that well, but he was creating for others well. But again, we can't rely on him and Fox to do the ball handling and create on every single possession with obviously Sabonis doing work inside. 
but we need someone else. And Keegan was just not aggressive enough. I just don't think he was aggressive enough in very clear moments where he could have gotten downhill or could have taken shots for himself. Like he had one rim out and then he just kind of stopped taking those mid-rangers or stopped being aggressive after that. And then there were also moments of Sabonis passing up shots, passing up good shots late in the shot clock and then forcing it to someone else. Like Malik Monk caught so many grenades in this game having to force up bad shots because Sabonis just wouldn't shoot the ball when he was open. He's passing up a good shot to get a bad shot, and a lot of times that bad shot was then leading to transition for the Raptors, and the Kings were just doing a horrible job of communicating and matching up in transition. I also think the passiveness of Sabonis and Murray just led to Davion dribbling the air out of the ball, and there were so many times where the unselfishness of those guys, like, you know, I love Domas and Keegan for being unselfish, unselfish players, but there's a reason, again, Davion is wide open in that corner. You don't need to pass it to him every time because then it just led to just a lot of dribbling from Davion, which is not good offense. We had our chance when the Raptors weren't making every shot to pull away and we didn't take advantage. And then the Raptors offense heated up and our defense just totally collapsed. Monk had definitely some rough decisions late in the third quarter. Raptors were just running in transition. They were hitting their threes, but they were also just getting whatever they wanted inside. Dennis Schroeder just driving inside every time. Chris Boucher getting whatever he wanted inside, really. You had Jonte Porter coming in and hitting threes, and I kind of felt that coming once the Kings weren't able to really extend the lead like they should have and like they had the opportunity to. But we were still up 10 at the end of the third. I just really wish that Keegan or Domas or both would have just taken more control. But we ended up getting giving up 40 points in that third quarter. I mean, that was a, it was a really bad quarter. The pace was just so high and the Kings could just, they, they couldn't de- defend the paint. And that carried over into the fourth quarter. The offense was solid at the start of the quarter, so we kind of kept the lead. Herder hit a three, which was hype. You know, he went one for two from three. I said I just I just wanted that one three a game for him at least, and he gave it to me. His defense was really bad. They were definitely running the whoever offense on him at points, and he got his ankles broken at one point, which was bad. But at least he hit a three. At least he hit a three. Lyles hit a three. Then Lyles, he got hit in the face, and then he twisted his ankle on his own. And so that that's not great. And that definitely comes into play later when the King when Sabonis fouled out and we didn't have Lyles to put back in the game. But the Raptors were just living in transition in that fourth quarter, it felt like. And the Malik Monk to Domas connection was the only thing keeping us ahead. That pick and roll that can be so lethal. But the Kings just kept leaking points even when the offense was going it just didn't matter because they just were not connected defensively and were allowing such easy drives to the rim the raptors did not shoot great from three they shot 13 for 37 the kings meanwhile 21 for 38 kings were great from three but it didn't matter that the raptors weren't shooting well from three because they didn't they didn't have to hit threes to be in this game we didn't force them into tough shots in the first half we we did a solid job. 
definitely not perfect, but solid at times of forcing them into perimeter shots. In the second half, there was just none of that, and there was just no fight. Too many lineups with no Keegan, no Duarte. I don't think Fox was particularly uh, locked in defensively. Monk was getting bullied by the the bigger guys on the Raptors. And then it, it, it really felt like things were falling apart when Monk had that dumb transition take foul. And it felt like the Kings kind of went one-on-one and they couldn't get stops. And even when they did, they couldn't get the defensive rebound. And then there was the Sabonis charge and the challenge from Mike Brown, which was a bad challenge. Like, I, I think it was a flop for Boucher, but there's no shot they're overturning that. Mike Brown is really bad with challenges. We got one back on the other end where Fox just did the same thing that Boucher did. They both flopped, both got the charge calls. And Siakam went right into Fox, and then he fouled Barnes on the other end to give us free throws. So that was a dumb play from from Siakam because it took momentum away from the Raptors. But the Kings just were really struggling to close this game out because they could not get a single stop. And it feels like when they can't get stops, they get a little panicked offensively too. Of course they want to run, but they get in these like indecisive moments where they have the lead but it's like do do we keep running or do we burn clock and you could really tell that happened with Sabonis when (laughs) on that travel that he had where there's like one minute 30 seconds left and all he has to do is just grab the ball and then you know chill just chill but he he was pushing it up the floor and then it felt like you know, he went to a pass and he was like, wait, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And then he came back down without passing it. It's just like, oh my God, what are we doing? And then he fouled out with with almost no contact. But uh, so that was rough. Pirtle also fouled out, which was big. So both centers had fouled out and the Kings put Chris Duarte in for Sabonis. And that's where you would probably see Lyles in if he hadn't twisted his ankle and we really needed Lyles or just some center because quickly went to the rim with no rim protection. There was no screens coming for Fox. Fox had to go one-on-one and, you know, playing Harrison Barnes at the five, you're not going to get many rebounds. And that was definitely a struggle, but Fox was clutch and he had some big plays down the stretch to Help us keep the lead. He had that one really tough shot where he had to go a high arcing shot above the defender from from in close. And then the Raptors offense down the stretch was pretty bad. Quickly took two horrible shots. And Duarte played good defense on him, but it definitely was not good decision making from from quickly. And we, you know, got away with them there. And got away with the the win there. Not a not a clean win at all. But it, you know, very much the tale of two halves. A great first half, uh, absolutely horrible second half. And we just we let teams into it so much when we have big leads. 23-point lead in the third quarter at some point in the third quarter that went down to 10 points by the end of the third quarter. And that's just what happens when you can't get any stops. But we've seen the Kings be capable of locking down when they need to. Like when they go down big, that's when they lock up defensively. But when they go up big, the defense falls apart and the will to get back in transition and communicate and help early in the paint 
against drives like that just falls apart when we have a big lead and it's just about lacking that killer instinct of taking plays off or not going as hard when you have a big lead and i get that it's kind of natural but like you could take the whole fourth quarter off if you just lock in for the third quarter but a win's a win and we will definitely take it I think moving Barnes or moving Herder to the second unit definitely helps Barnes a little on the offensive end. He's been pretty good since Herder's been moved to the second unit, except for that game against Charlotte where he took two shots. But he's been a lot better, especially his three-point shooting. Getting inside would definitely like to see a little bit more from him, and, and that's one of the reasons that Kings are just not getting to the free throw line as much and not shooting as well from the free throw line because he's not getting to the line as much and he's a good free throw shooter. We also need Keegan to get to the free throw line more for our percentages to go up, even though he did miss uh, both of his initial free throws in this game. I think our new starting lineup has been a success, even though defensively it, it wasn't good in this game, but I think it also shows that it didn't really hurt us much offensively and I think Duarte has been good he's knocked down some some threes and I think he's been really good defensively and earlier in the season not too long ago I kept talking about how you know it's either a big win or a really bad loss now the Kings you know they're playing they're playing close games whether it's you know a good team or a bad team doesn't matter they're playing close games it looks a lot more like last season in these past Three games and really six games minus the Memphis game. So maybe maybe we're done getting blown out as much and we're you know we're playing more close games. But at the end of the day in the regular season, it's just about winning the game or losing the game. And it's not really about how it happens because the regular season is long, 82 games, and you're not gonna be at your best for the entire time. But looking forward to this next game it is against the New Orleans, Pel New Orleans Pelicans, who we have already lost to three times this season, and we play them five times. So it would be nice to not go 0-5 against them. Uh, Zion, I don't know if he'll be available. I think he got injured in their last game. We saw Harrison Barnes guard Pascal Siakam in this last game for most of it, and uh, you know, mixed results, kind of like against Bancaro, where, you know, Bancaro's jump shot was falling. So at the point where his jump shot was falling, Barnes isn't the right guy to be defending that because Barnes was just giving him a bunch of space. He was pretty much doing the same thing to Siakam. And, you know, Siakam had, you know, some shots from the mid-range when Barnes was backing off. But for the most part, Siakam just wasn't really aggressive in this one. When Barnes was out of the game, it was Keegan guarding Siakam, and I think that went well. But the struggle against the Pelicans definitely was the Barnes matchup on Zion. And obviously, we don't know if Zion's going to be playing, so that changes everything. And I don't really think, like having Chris Duarte in the starting lineup, it doesn't change things a whole lot against the Pelicans. I mean, better defense, definitely. But you know, at the end of the day, you still can't switch him on to Zion super well. And it's just about the team defense at that point. 
so I don't think, you know, the, the new starting lineup is going to all of a sudden just change everything in terms of how we play against the Pelicans. But offensively, Fox has definitely had his struggles against, you know, Herb Jones and the Pelicans length. Sabonis has not been super dominant against a guy like Jonas Valanciunas. I think Valanciunas guards him pretty well just because of his strength. And all those reasons are just reasons that we match up really poorly against the Pelicans. I I think that's pretty clear. They have a solid Sabonis counter. They have a solid Fox counter. And we don't have counters to their big wings at this point. But we're going to need our stars to play like stars because they may have, you know, counters for them. But at the end of the day, good offense beats bad off. Uh, good defense there it is so fox offensively just has to be better and the team collectively just has to be better guarding zion williamson and being ready to throw lots of bodies at him anyways that is it for this episode of the real report i will be back to recap that game against the new orleans pelicans peace